0: Hi, this is David from The Ocean Blue, and you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder. Hello there. I'm PF. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, another special edition of PF's Tape Recorder, your favorite band. This time out, my friend Brian Mitchell discusses his favorite band,
1: The Alarm. Where the first album had... Spiritual overtones. Strength had much more political overtones to it, I think, and, and that also connected with me at that time. That was that was the height of Margaret Thatcher's yeah. brain, which, you know, did not, was not a popular time for you know British politics in Scotland.
0: Brian, as you may be able to detect, is from Scotland but his favorite band is from Wales. Now you may be wondering, The Alarm, I've, I think I may know them, I may not. If you're a U2 fan, especially from back in the day uh, The Alarm opened quite extensively for U2 in North America and if you listen to uh, mainstream rock radio, album rock radio back in the 80s when they were becoming a little more adventurous, you may have heard some of their uh, bigger quote-unquote hits Rain in the Summertime and songs like that but a nice long conversation with Brian about The Alarm. We found out why The Alarm is his favorite band and we talked a little bit more about music as well. So uh, without further ado, here is your favorite band, The Alarm, with my friend Brian Mitchell. Come on
2: down and meet your maker. Come on down
0: and make the stand. Right, joining us on PF Tape Recorder Special Edition, your favorite band, it's my friend Brian Mitchell. Talking about his favourite band, The Alarm. Now, I understand you do actually have two favourite bands.
1: Yeah, well, The Alarm were always my favourite band, uh, first of all, but I'm a, I'm a pretty big U2 fan as well. So.
0: But I figured people know enough about U2, uh, <laughs> yeah. that'd be fun to find out more about The Alarm, who people in this country probably don't know a lot about. Sure. And probably in, in Britain as well, because I looked, they only, they only had like a couple of top 40 hits in Britain.
1: Yeah, you know, the early part of their career, they had uh, they had a, a few hits when they were... When they were one of those bands that had a cool up-and-coming vibe about them, the the stand kind of got a lot of interest and a lot of radio play. wasn't really a big hit, but then uh, they they released Sixty Eight Guns to promote Declaration, and that was that was a pretty big hit. And then the Spirit of '76, off the next album, was big, and and um, Rain in the Summertime off the following, the third album, was was also big.
0: Yeah, that got the fifty here. Oh, did and that was their biggest hit <laughs> yeah um, although I think a lot of people that listen to album rock in this country I, I think it got a lot of play on those kind of stations
1: right yeah. Right. Yeah. so
0: what's the first song you heard by The Alarm
1: it was a Stand on the radio Ditto. and uh, that was 81 or 82 something like that maybe 83 even oh I have been I am with a black book
2: in my hand and look between the lines that lie on the pages that I trend I met the walking Too religious in his worn-out cowboy boots. He walked like no man on earth. I swear he had no name. I swear he had no name. Come on down and meet your maker. Come on down and make a stand. Come on down. Come on down. Come on down and make the stand.
1: Yeah, but I remember hearing it on the radio and it clicked a little bit and. You know, at that time, uh, I was I was looking for some new music to listen to, and that registered a little bit. And then I remember driving home from high school in a buddy's car, and he had the tape of this great new album called Declaration, and he was playing it, and 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 I fell in love with that immediately. It's still, you know, one of my favorite albums ever. So, uh, so the was, stand was probably the first thing, but then Declaration was what made me. I guess what, what connected it, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. The first song I heard was "The Stand," and I used to hang out with these guys in Pittsburgh. I lived in Cleveland. And uh, they got MTV. Actually, we had MTV before they did because they sent the cable company sent around a letter to right. people, the families and said, what well, cable channels do you want? All the parents said, no MTV. <laughs> so I had MTV before my friends, but they had a radio station that played all this cool music. So I was always anxious to find bands before they did. And I saw right. the video for the stand. Right. And I came down. I got this great new band. <laughs> and like, yeah. God, we've heard that. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: They've been playing it on the radio station for, yeah. for months now. Um, and we had, did the EP come out? There
1: and in- yeah, the EP came out before okay. Declaration, and that, you know, Declaration had a very short version of the stand on it, just a reprise of the version from the the Alarm EP. So, yeah. so after Declaration, I went back and found the EP after that and and picked out. But it was released. That was our first release. Um, well, well, you know the. I think they released a single that they self-produced called Unsafe Building, which is also a great song. And they, they released that on their own. I think IRS kind of liked the interest from that, so that's when they, they they recorded the stand with them and they recorded the EP, which done well, so then they jumped on an album deal.
0: I noticed in gold, there's actually a longer version of the stand that's not the one on the EP and it's not the reprise of uh, the is one that, that appears
1: 12 inch single version maybe
0: might be I'd never heard it before yeah. and I just found it in Freegal which was yeah, I think very it, handy I
1: think that might be the, the 12 inch version of
0: it uh, odd, odd band to have a 12 inch remix
1: yeah but that was the 80s man Everyone, everybody did it everybody had a remix some, in the some with
0: some with more success than others now let's um, back up a little bit you were uh, into um, I guess into the 50s and 60s music yeah the, fir-
1: the first music I fell in love with was 50s rock and roll rockabilly type sound the sound of the sound that came out of Sun Records was the first thing that that ever made me look away from uh, football on the TV <laughs> and listen to... And I'm talking about real football. And, and <laughs> listen to some music. So, you know, that connected. And I think in the early 80s, I was I was still listening to a lot of that stuff. And the, there was a bit of a rockabilly revival in the early 80s. Bands like the Stray Cats and yep. Matchbox in Britain. And, and Pole Cats. Pole uh, Cats and yeah. yeah, a lot of them had... Cats and their name, and so so I loved listening to that stuff. But I was starting to, you know, th- th- there was a lot of great guitar bands in Britain at the time, and a lot of great guitar bands in Scotland. So, you know, I was I was starting to listen to Big Country and Simple Minds, and uh, they were they were all starting to make it about the same time. And, and you know, you two released War about the same time, which, which which you know elevated them a little bit, and. Uh, but declaration you know it, it connected with me in a way that none of that other stuff did I you know I was it, it connected I think I was searching searching maybe spiritually at that time as well and
2: now they to take my life.
1: There's a certain spiritual element to that album that I think, with the music and the acoustic sound and and uh, you know some some of the the lyrics were, you know, the, the, it was beyond the music. The lyrics connected as well. So just a great it might, album.
0: Maybe you can tell folks uh, what your current occupation is.
1: Well, I, I'm a I'm a youth worker in a church, so I've I've always been attracted to bands that not necessarily are incredibly blatant about their spirituality, but bands that express it in... Subtle, intelligent ways, and and I think um, Mike Peters has done that through the years.
0: Okay, all I actually know about the Alarm uh, backstory is that they are from Wales. Yeah. That's really all I know.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're from a. I don't know if they're all from Rill, but I think Mike and maybe Dave Sharp are from a little town in North Wales called Rill. And they, you know, long before I was listening, to them, they formed a. They, they came out of the punk. I think that was their real sound and and they formed a band called The Toilets which got a little bit of local attention and they added um, Nigel Twist as the drummer and they renamed as The Alarm and moved to London and you know as everyone did over there and uh, and tried to try to get a deal so and, and uh, Unsafe Building was their their single they did in their own I, you know I don't think that if you can find a copy it's 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 a collector's item. I think they only made like a thousand of them, and that, and that. But they used that to try and sell themselves a little bit. And and IRS was the company that picked them up.
0: Now, is Unsafe Building is that available anywhere, on like on CD or anything, or is it completely out of print?
1: Um, well, they re-recorded it in nineteen ninety. Oh, and okay. They, re- they released it as a single then, so that's a little That's on their greatest hits on the standards CD, oh. um, the re-recorded version of Unsafe Building. But when they released it as a single, I think the CD single had. Um, the original Unsafe Building plus the new one and the 12 inch record which is what I bought at the time had the original Up for Murder which was the B-side because I hadn't heard the original that so I bought the record instead of the CD <laughs> um, back in the day so so they did re-record it but I think you know Mike Peters when he got a hold of the, the alarm name again he released all of their stuff through his website he bought the rights to all of their music uh, okay. so that's some of the stuff you find in Freego and yeah and I think on that um, alarm EP extended edition that might be on freegal. I think the original um, unsafe build might be there. It, okay. It's, it's available somewhere. You can, you can you can pick it up. But the the re-recorded version for 1990 is a little bit more polished.
0: Okay, so they go through uh, after declaration comes strength, I believe.
1: Strength, yeah, and that was uh, that was 85 maybe. Um, Eighty-five, eighty-six, and that was a little bit of a, a harder edge, a more electric sound, and where the first album had spiritual overtones, strength had much more political overtones to it, I think, and, and that also connected with me at that time. That was that was the height of Margaret Thatcher's brain, yeah, which us. you know did not was not a popular time for you know British politics in Scotland. And, and Wales and Scotland and Ireland have all got this kind of Celtic connection so um, he was singing about a lot of stuff about you know if you listen to Strength album there's a lot of stuff about you know industry closing and people losing their jobs and how do you find hope in that kind of situation and so that also connected with me you know as a as a young man so it's a good album also. Yeah, as I recall I think Strength's
0: Uh, Strength and Knife's Edge uh, both got a lot of airplay on rock radio here, even though they didn't chart
1: Yeah, Knife Edge was the second I think Strength was the first single off it and then it was Spirit of 76, which was huge in Britain and then Knife Edge was the third single off it.
0: And then the Absolute Reality
1: Well, Absolute Reality came out before Strength And
0: And that was included on it? I don't remember I I love that, those are my favourite alarm songs uh,
1: you know the absolute Rally might be my favourite alarm song as well.
2: Ooh, yeah, yeah. Pay now, now. Pay now, now. You may be rich, you may be poor, you may have nothing in this world at
1: all. But there's two versions of it, in between declaration and strength. They'd done some recording with, I think they'd done it over here in the States with Jimmy Levine. And that was one of the tracks that came out of that. And they released it as a single. And then he he had promised to come and record in Britain with them, but it's it, whatever happened, they didn't show up. So they got another producer and they re-recorded. The, they recorded the whole album and they re-recorded Absolute Reality, but it wasn't on the original LP. If you get like my LP of Strength does not have it on it, but when they re-released mm-hmm. it on CD, it was added. Or, or, in Britain, that was the case. I think my um, album had it
0: because I think that was the first song I listened to. Got gotcha. well,
1: well, the British album didn't have it, it on it. Played it, it to death. It was only a single in Britain, but okay. but the album version hmm. is it's not. My favorite song is the Jimmy Levine produced single that they put the original. For.
0: has got a rougher... Now is that in Fregal uh, You reckon?
1: That is... Uh, tw- that probably is on... It's either on the extended declaration or the extended strength, one of the two you can find. Ooh, I've got to find that now. I may, or maybe so, I've downloaded that already, I don't know. Yeah, oh. It's different from the album version that came out, in Britain, anyway. Yeah. I, I, I'm okay. not sure how they did it in the States. Maybe they uh. released it in the States on the album. I think we only really got the one m- version, I've only ever heard well, one. Well, it's a much more polished version that's on the album. It's a rougher sound, okay. on the, more of a rocky sound. More on
0: declaration-y? The,
1: yeah, I guess, um, it's just it's just getting edge to it that the album version doesn't have
0: okay and then that takes us up to Eye of the Hurricane
1: Eye of the Hurricane was 87 and maybe their biggest selling album but probably also the one that uh, set them on a downward kind of trajectory because it, it took a lot of criticism for sounding like you too if uh, I remember correctly I mean the whole the whole sound uh the whole sound of Rain in the Summertime even though the song is nothing like it it's got a bit of a with or without you vibe to it it does yeah the guitar's a little uh, yeah and and even the bass backbeat kind of thing to it so that whole album I remember getting it and loving it That was the first one I bought in CD. I, I moved into the, you know, yeah. <laughs> that modern technology, and uh, I remember playing it, thinking, "Man, this is great," but everyone else I played it to were saying, "Sounds a little bit like the Joshua Tree." <laughs> think it does but that's, that's been an ongoing criticism that I think the alarm Now that you pointed out I, I hear it
0: in yeah. my head but yeah. I don't uh, I, I don't think there was ever a criticism before I was in college radio at that point <laughs> right. and it was another big album for yeah. them yeah. and uh, get the Rain in the Summertime of course is the big single and they had a couple other from that one.
1: Rain in the Summertime was a single, um, Presence of Love, Oh yeah, a yeah, yeah. one. That was that was a fairly big hit off of that one. And Rescue Me was a big hit. Oh, yeah, well. yeah, that's right. I think Rescue Me was the second single off that yeah. one. Yeah, and then yeah. that's that's more anthemic. Yeah. That kind of goes yeah. back to... But they, they recorded a lot of stuff like that because the Alarm were not a... They're one of these bands that you would say are a live band. They're not a studio band. So yeah. they, they've done a lot that. of songs that just translated phenomenally well to a live concert that maybe didn't come across quite as well in a studio setting, you know, but stuff yeah, like Rescue that. Me, you go yeah. see them, and they play Rescue Me, and it's, you know, you can just imagine the crowd, it, it was yeah. great. So,
0: and so then um, that takes
1: us to Change. Change. 89. 89, Change came out, and, and that sound... I think they were flirting more with the American audience then. They were going for a... Yeah. Even though that album is all about Wales, and, and nearly, oh, every, really? nearly every song in it is about uh, changes that are happening in Wales, oh. and that's where the change thing came from. Um, if, you, if you look through some of the lyrics, it's all... The, and, and that was the first one they recorded as, as a dual-language album. They, they they released it oh. in Welsh and in English.
0: I did not know that. Yeah, wow.
1: so that and rock came out in, in the Welsh language also. Um, so... Yeah, that, and I had that That was I thought that was that's possibly my second favourite Alarm album after Declaration really the, the songs in that one are. Oh, they're, wow. they're, the first three or four songs it's just it's just great um, but it didn't I don't think it sold as much as as the others and, and uh, it, over, in, over in the UK yeah. I don't know what happened I was working
0: a radio uh, commercial radio here, well sort of commercial we weren't we were only getting paid sporadically it was technically commercial radio <laughs> right. and that, al- that album was out and we were playing it and it sold me down the river was the one single from it yeah. And I know we probably played a couple other tracks off of it, but I can't well, remember. Well, they had...
1: What else was it? A New South Wales was a single off of that one, and I'm, I'm, I'm picturing the video, and I, I'm blanking on the title of the second single. Uh, but it was all... The, the second single was... You know they were in the states, and there was, uh, you know, they were in the desert at West, and they, they filmed the whole thing. They were going for.
0: That's a big thing back then. Yeah, they'll do the same thing for Dreaming. Yeah. yeah, they're out in the desert doing right. Dreaming in some abandoned
1: building. Right. So <laughs> you know there was. Uh, You know, those big weed things rolling past in the background. You know, they went for that whole vibe on on that album. Even though it was a very Welsh album, they they tried to get an American look and feel and sound to it.
0: No, I'm I'm guessing that's probably the record company's idea.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I, I saw the alarm on every tour back then, and it, it was... When you went to see them, there was there was always big hair, and they'd wear jackets with frills—a whole kind yeah. of buffalo bill look, you know. And, yeah, yeah, very. American and then, looking. And, and we went to see them when they play when they toured the album, and you know, other guys in the crowd are dressed like that, or the the, the 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 folks that are used to seeing them, and they came out with a very different look. It was almost like, you know, a working man look. They had the vest and the collarless shirt and the you know the black pants, and it was a completely different look for them. So. Um, I don't know if it was their idea or the record company, or the producer, you know, maybe they were just maybe they had listened to that U2 well, criticism, so they were looking for something did, different. Were, you know?
0: were they attracted to America? Because a lot of bands just do that I, mean, I like, think so. For a lot of bands, it's a business decision, but a lot of bands are like, we like America I, I we think, I think, I think America.
1: the Alarm were almost in the same way that U2 were they were playing bigger venues in the States um, you know, before they were in the UK. I mean, the first time I saw them was '86 or '87. It was a tiny little theatre, but already by that time they had done that big UCLA concert over here that was released on uh, videotape. So I think they had toured pretty extensively with U two um, when U two were touring the War album, and uh, and it got them on television and it got them on college radio, and they just they filled bigger venues over here. So I I think. For a few years, um, the States was attracted to them, and they were very attracted to the States. So.
0: Yeah, between MTV and college radio, I think they had actually had a pretty good form right, versus right. just Radio 1. Yeah,
1: and they had a look for MTV, you know, the, the big hair thing. Yeah, right.
0: yeah, that's true, yeah. So, um, and a lot of people, if you watch the uh, Live Aid concert, you can see people waving the uh, alarm flag, which right. is the uh, right. dot with the little yeah. blood red yeah. splash coming off of it. Yeah. So after uh, change, is that when things start to come undone
1: well you know they, they released Raw after that which had a couple of great songs on it and I think there had been my understanding this is all before the internet so it was hard to keep up with it then but my understanding was uh, Dave Sharp the guitarist wanted a little bit more FaceTime and a little bit more vocal time and a little bit more songwriting uh-huh. days because yeah, he always had a couple of songs in the albums which were good, but most of the songwriting was done by Mike Peters and Eddie McDonald, the bass oh, player. Okay, um, or they, they had the credits. Uh, so Raw was when I hear them talking about it, it was a compromise to try and keep everyone happy. So half the album is written by Dave Sharp, half's written by Mike Peters, and it's really not a cohesive album. It's it's uh, th- th- there's. As I say, there's maybe three or four just great songs, and they covered uh, "Rocking in the Free World" in there, and they did a great version mm-hmm. of it. Um, but there's there, there's a few weak tracks in that one as well, and and it seems, you know, there was maybe maybe some discontent within the band, and and uh,
0: so what year is this? 91
1: Well, that album came out in ninety, and then. The, 90 or 91. And they toured at 91 for sure. And I saw that tour as well in Glasgow and they were phenomenal. They were great live as ever. It was a great show. Uh, And then I guess at the end of that tour in London, Mike Peters just announced, hey, I'm done.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. And he's walked off the stage.
1: Yeah, this is my last moment with the alarm. See you later. And he'd walked off, jumped in a car and drove away. Didn't tell the band didn't tell anyone it was all over yeah. and and he signed over the rights to the name The Alarm and his quarter of the band he sold it over to the other three and of course ten years later when they'd done nothing with it he bought it all back again ah. so that he could tour as The Alarm
0: so did they go on with a different lead singer or as a trio
1: or? I remember reading in Record Mirror my favourite music paper back in the day that when they split up they were interviewing singers so ah, they, could, okay. they could start again but I'd, nothing ever came of that so okay. it just quietly went to bed and they all went off to do other things Dave Sharp still plays solo stuff and and the other two are not in music anymore. But Mike Peters took a couple of years off and then came back with a really great solo album called Breathe and he released another couple of solo albums through the um, the decade that followed and then I think about 2000, 2001, he bought over the rights to the, the Alarm and started touring with three other guys.
0: So, okay. And then they were on the VH one show getting the band back together? Yeah,
1: Band Reunited they okay. did that. Which I think,
0: if I and this, uh, I think a, f- a friend of our of the show, Jimmy Pardo, was uh. one of the people that was uh, either the creators of the producers of that show, along with our friend Pat Francis. Right. And but as my friend Jimmy Pardo would say, that may or may not be accurate. <laughs>
1: right. right.
0: But I think they had the show, and then they wanted to do something different with it, and then they were. Uh, Forced out because VH1 wanted to do like a bunch of well, phony us stuff. But anyway, you know
1: the funny thing is with that show, it was only ever shown in the United States. It was never shown in Britain, where you know they're yeah. from. Nobody over there saw it until uh, Mike Peters bought the rights to the whole thing from VH1, and he released it as a fourth DVD set and with one CD of the whole concert live. Oh, okay. Uh, so so you can buy that for his website. I I don't have it. Just. Because with the the money exchange, it's phenomenally oh, yeah, expensive yeah. over here. But uh, but I do have the TV show recorded that that they did, and and I remember sitting watching that with my wife, and I think she realised watching that um, oh, he really does love the alarm because I <laughs> I almost had a tear in my eye yeah. seeing the four of them back together on stage and playing, and I was really envious of the crowd that got to see them play again. They 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 released because I got the email as well through their. Their website. Everyone that was on their email list get an email saying, "Hey, we're doing this show in two days. Tickets are free. Apply oh, wow. right now." It was that last ah. minute, and the, it was, fil- was the f- show in
0: the US or it was in London.
1: It was oh, okay. Yeah, so hmm. and not a huge place, but they, yeah. you know, they got ready the tickets in like an hour. Oh, I bet. And uh, um, I think Eddie McDonald and Twist, the drummer, took some convincing to play the gig, but I think part of it, the most interesting thing was them sitting down with Mike Peters saying, "Okay." Explain to us what was going on, you know. Tell, uh, tell us what yeah. happened, you know. And and hmm. and he was squirming just a little bit, trying to trying to explain away what was going through his mind when he when he left the band. But it was it, that, that that was pretty cool. But they haven't, you know. I think that was that was ten years ago now. So they haven't uh, they haven't done anything since then.
0: And he has a whole new crew with him.
1: Yeah, he's got three guys. Um, that you know musically they might even they might be better musicians i don't know but it's guys from i forget other names but it's guys for the cult and sisters of mercy and just different oh, bands okay. for back oh. in the day that hmm. the alarm maybe played they were new guys no so my... nah, they're they're all they're, they're pretty seasoned okay. um p- punk and post-punk musicians that oh, are in the band now neat. so and and they've released now they release albums as the alarm but mike peters also puts a little Roman numeral behind the name for whatever year they release the album, so that it's slightly differentiated from okay. you know the original. Ah, okay.
0: So a tip of the hat to the right. The old and,
1: and they've probably released as many albums as the original Alarm did at this point, so they just keep on rocking.
0: And concurrent to that, uh, he has also helped out his friend's uh, Big Country, your, uh, yeah. your former, your fellow countryman.
1: Yeah, he spent <laughs> uh, he spent a couple of years in Big Country. That ended um, just at the end of last year. But, uh, but they played um, Newport. Yeah, <laughs> we saw the that fall,
0: ra- so, right across so we, the river of Cincinnati here. Yeah, so we, uh, they played a, a small venue.
1: So we got to go see them, which was a bit of a treat. But soon after that, that was an extensive U.S. tour. And after that tour, I think uh, they went their separate ways. And I think the big country guys are doing their own vocals now. So. Oh, okay. Because I, I don't think Mike Peters was able to... Do quite as much with the alarm as he wanted, and yeah. and this year is the 30th anniversary of declaration, so he had a full year planned uh, to, to promote that this yeah. year. Is
0: he doing one of those deals where they go out and he plays the whole album? That's he cool. is, and and okay, they're, that's, that's they're, real popular now.
1: Yeah, they've just played, they've just he's just done it. It's just him, so I think he's doing it acoustically. Oh, um, it's okay. not the whole band, but they're he's just done a few shows in California, and he's going to New York to do some, but unfortunately, he's not coming anywhere close to the Midwest. It's not always so, the case. <laughs> yeah. So even if he'd done Chicago, I've driven up to Chicago to see him. I would have done that. But uh, yeah. but he's not doing Chicago. He's doing West Coast and New York. So far, that's all they've, they've announced. But they've toured, yeah. they've toured the UK pretty extensively with it.
0: Now, how many albums did he record with Big Country besides the, or was that last one? Did he do one? It, no,
1: I just did one album just with Just the then. one? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and and that was a good piece of music I you remember know?
0: looking this up did he, he co-write some of the songs or was it their songs they just brought him in that's no a, I think he's got some writing credits on it okay
1: yeah. interesting
0: yeah uh, was, they sound like this stuff now or did he think he had a chance to do a different kind of go in a different direction
1: with Big Country yeah
0: because Big Country's a little different not a lot I mean they, they yeah. still fit in the same
1: well the, their new album nah, to me their new album sounded a bit like Big Country not the classic I listened to Big Country for a long time after Fields of fire and in a big country and that's what everyone in the States associates their sound yeah, with. Yeah. But it evolved through the years long before Stuart Adamson passed away. Um, so it, to me it sounds like big country with the alarms voice on the band, you know. Yeah. So it sounds more big country Sounds than more steel month. county so Yeah, yeah. And and even beyond that, they you know, they released albums up to the you know, the early nineties and and all good stuff Un, you know not commercial and not incredibly successful but it was all really good stuff but it did not sound like in a big country so
0: okay so we covered the first song you heard was The Stand mm-hmm. and we covered your favourite song is Absolute Reality
1: yeah that'll probably, probably be mine probably too probably is yeah
0: although, although 68 Guns close second
1: well I also love there's a song in Declaration called We Are The Light which is wasn't one it wasn't one of their big hits but that's always meant quite a lot to me
2: Your light tonight. I wanna see you light to i want to see a sign fight this bear. don't let it get you down don't let it tie you down
1: uh you know i would probably go with absolute reality uh, and and we are the lights up there who's
2: been told he can't a boy who's been told there's no future. He's been fed by the blind. And I can hear them crying as they try to sleep in the night. I can hear them cry. Hear them cry.
1: Yeah, but I, I love some of the stuff off of Change as well. There's, there's a song on there called Change 2, which is a Dave Sharp song, which was know. not a single, and that's a, that's a great song as well.
0: fun fact for the listeners uh, the the first song my wife and I danced to at our wedding was Walk Forever By My Side what a good choice By the yeah and I actually was one of those dopes back in the 80s who said, oh it should you be somebody by Depeche Mode you know because I'm a big Depeche yeah. Mode fan and, yeah. and now everybody does that she goes we yeah. should use Walk Forever By My Side I'm like oh yeah we should totally do that because well, nobody does that
2: lose sight of the day when we will run through all our weakness on through the fields strewn with our prose
0: And it's it's a, just as great a song.
1: Yeah. Well, after so. my, my wife gave me the job of picking her first waltz, and and uh, and after you told me that, I was thinking, man, yeah. that's such How did a you better choice that? than mine. Why did yeah. I not do that? <laughs> I ended up going with True Love Ways by Buddy Holly. Back to my fifties. Well, there you my go. 50s, love, which,
0: it's it's strange that you were um, kind of more fifties. Uh, I was more sixties before mm-hmm. I discovered uh, post punk music. But then, uh, oddly. Uh, I guess would you consider yourself European I always are the Scots uh, Europeans
1: the Scots have
0: I get mixed answers on the, that the
1: Scots have enough trouble being British let alone okay. being Europeans well, but I guess officially yes you, I am. you would think
0: European, someone from say. the UK would be more keyboardy yeah you would think I would be the rocky yeah, one and I'm the more keyboardy one well
1: you know I, I've the, the bands that I loved out the 80s were, were much more guitar bands I although
0: think. I like Jesus and Mary Chain and you yeah, do not yeah, care I'm, for them I'm not a
1: big fan of them yeah. and Simple Minds to, to be honest when I started listening to them they were heavily keyboardy but it wasn't they were yeah, it yeah. wasn't the synth pop stuff but the nah. keyboard had a big part of their sound like the psychedelic first. yeah yeah yeah. yeah. alright
0: well very nice anything else you want out add about the alarm recommendations for folks they want to dig through the catalogue uh, yeah
1: yeah um, yeah, you mentioned Freegle. If you want to go yeah, back yeah. and check, it's you know mo- most of their old stuff is on there. And, um, for uh, Folks,
0: if, uh, if you're in the United States, I don't know if it's in Canada or anywhere else in the world. Yeah. There's a thing called Fregal. And what it is, it's a free way to download music, and it's tied to your local public library. And the Cincinnati Library here and the, and the county next door are in on it. So if you go to Freegal, you can look up and see if your library is uh, part of it, and then you can download five songs a week, and the band gets paid. I don't think right. it paid as much. It might i might be a Spotify get, situation. Yeah, I don't
1: think they get paid a lot. <laughs> but they do get paid, yeah.
0: so it's not, you're not ripping right. anybody off. And uh, a lot of the alarm stuff is in there. So you can.
1: Well, I would say start off and listen to Declaration. It's, um, And as I say, I think they've just re-released it with extended tracks, and we, maybe went an extra CD on it as well, uh, some other stuff that was never released because it's a 30th anniversary, but it's a very acoustic-y, kind of rocky sound, but but yeah, I don't think there's a bad song on that album, so I would recommend that hardly to anyone.
0: Okay, and so I know you 2 is your second favorite band, uh, close yeah, second, and then yeah. who would bring out the top five? Ooh. I don't know if this will surprise me or not, Simple Minds, <clears throat> number three maybe?
1: Well... I don't know. My my musical tastes have got more eclectic the older I get. I, I would have to say that I have never ever since those so <coughs> early days as a eleven or twelve year old. I've never stopped listening to Elvis. So, so in amongst all of the kind of eighties, nineties stuff, I love that fifties rock and roll that first. I, I, you know, I was first attracted to. I need to put him up there, but <coughs> probably probably big country uh, for the you know the eighties. Oh, yeah, album yeah, okay. Stuff with big country yeah. and. And again, the 80s uh, Simple mind stuff would probably be up there as well. Uh, but I... You know, it, it changes by the season for me. I tend to listen to someone for a month and then put them down big, for...
0: Yeah, a lot of people do that. you go on these big kicks.
1: And so, I'm, you know, right now, it's probably n- none of those bands. But, uh, yeah, it changes.
0: Any time for new music?
1: Yeah, I loved the Imagine Dragons album that came out. That is a good uh, record. A couple of years ago. I, yeah. I... You know, I didn't hear a bad song on that. Um, so, you know, I, I, I try my best. I, I think when you're younger and you've you've got time to listen to music, I seem to spend a lot of my time um, running after kids at the moment. So there's there's less time for just sitting back. But hanging around with the young people, own.
0: like you know, I've. Hannah's you know, yeah. fangirl was 16 yeah Lizzie's 10 so and they are listen to music and then of course I listen to music at work a lot of Radio 1 and then occasionally some NPR will, will have some there's yeah because I don't want to get tired of my old stuff that was my well, big fear
1: yeah I don't get tired of my old stuff but I love trying to find the next album that I'm going to fall in love with yeah know, yeah and, exactly and uh, but but time seems to be rolling so quickly that I'll talk about an album that I think is new and one of the kids will say, oh, Brian, that came out four years ago, so it's ancient to them, you know? I mean, I'm still listening to Muse from a couple of years ago and, and they've released another album since the one that i loved came out, you know? So, um, yeah, it seems like back, you know, in the early 80s, maybe 83 to 87, there was just an incredible, cre- oh, incredible yeah. amount of just great music that came out. Um, I loved listening to... In Excess at the time I didn't mention oh, yeah. them earlier yeah, there, yeah. There's a Scottish band Called The Silencers That I loved Another Scottish band yeah. Called Delametri That had a oh, yeah, couple yeah. of hits Over here
0: They're uh, known here If you're walking around The grocery store And hear a song called Roll to me right? That's them yeah. Delametri. <laughs>
1: yeah and they were You know that was Three or four albums Into their success In Britain by the time You know the, the, the Scottish bands Tend to make it over here When some Movie picks up a song, yeah, <laughs> and puts yeah, it in the soundtrack. Yeah. You know,
0: um, a funny story about listening to music when we uh, mm-hmm. had our first, I think, youth group of the year this past year. Uh, uh, Mike Gardner uh, brought out his iPod, and we we're painting all those things outside. And he, uh, I, don't know, I don't know if he just sounded like he was trying to be too hip or what, but he right. brings out, he says, Yeah, I've got some music first to listen to. You guys like One Republic? And I'm like, oh, not anymore. Yeah. No, I like One yeah. Republic just fine. It's a, it's a dad band, but um, they have some good <clears throat> singles. But, you know, that's I'm what happens, happens when,
1: when you get older, The you know, the years. No matter how <laughs> they hip you try to They pass by quicker, yeah. you know. And when you're working with teens, by the time you catch up with something, you know, they're they're only something else. Yeah,
0: so. well, when we, when we went to Lollapalooza, uh, Hannah and I, I just felt like an old fool. <laughs> right. Even though I liked all the bands, yeah. we got to see uh, San Francisco, yeah. who were great. Right. Right. But I did go and see the Killers and New Order and a lot of the yeah. old folk's bands. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I just felt ridiculous. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> well, it's 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 cool that you're still getting to go do that stuff, are you? <laughs> Well,
0: you'll you'll have your chance.
1: I know my kids are getting there, so I'm I'm just waiting for this next U two album that I can take my boys to go see them, so they can. They now, can w- what do they listen them. to? Uh,
0: are they into music
1: yet? They're or not. They just... they're, they're listening to. They're listening to the pop songs you hear on the radio. Okay. The so just... And and the, the album stuff that they would know is stuff that we play in the house, stuff that that we okay. listen to. So, they're they're not really at the place yet where they're uh, where they're deciding what their you know their favorite bands are, their genres. Or... Yeah. Does your wife share your taste in music? And um, if she's a musician, actually. She is a musician, and we come from different places. When I. Met Sarah. She had spent a little bit of time. Had <laughs> traveling around watching the Grateful Dead. You know, she was okay. into that scene. She loved. Didn't know. Uh, she loved Annie DeFranco. Uh, she, still, okay. she still listens like to that. her a little bit. She she loved fish. You know, some of that jam stuff. Um, she she was into that. But um, now we we don't really have the same taste. But there's some stuff that we share. You know, we we and some of it's tied to our kids. You know when. When when Brennan was born, uh, we had X and Y on rotation, almost you know the Coldplay album. So that kind of became his album. Oh right? yeah, yeah. So we still play that and think that's Brennan's album. When when Aiden was born, we had a mid-year solo album on rotation, oh, okay. and 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 it was a it was an unknown album, but I liked it and Sarah fell in love with it, so that became you know that became Aiden's album. So so you know there's there's some stuff that we connect on, but we're not. Uh, we're not always in the same place when it comes to that. She went to see The Boss with me last week, a little bit under protest, oh, yeah. but she, she walked <laughs> out and joined us. No, I'm surprised site.
0: if she likes Fish and all those bands that she couldn't, you know, I mean, it's not the same thing. Yeah, but it's, it's not the same I think thing. She'd be,
1: I, I, I think she just feels like he's old man's music, you know. She's, uh, well, uh, yeah, but He kind of uh, was around a little bit before. The Fish are hardly any younger than. Yeah, him. and The Grateful Dead are not yeah, exactly. And they're and older, than, yeah, know, they're older yeah. than, the, than The Boss. Yeah,
0: yeah The yeah. Boss, great respect for him. Lovery is on the issues, like some tunes. Yeah. Just. It's just not
1: there. Well, I guess when I was a kid, um, the American music that connected with me, apart from that whole 50s thing, um, was more of the. You know, it seemed to me that everything that came out of the States, and, and apologies to those of you who loved this stuff, was just big hair spandex music. And I oh, was, yeah, I was incredible. That. And people off. still
0: embrace that now going yeah. back. So I, I just with hated no it. No shame.
1: <laughs> I, I hated it. And yeah, the, yeah. The, the American rock that connected with me was uh, like Camp and Springsteen, a little bit. Kind of roots here kind of stuff, I guess.
0: Yeah, because um, when I say I like eighties music, people I like no, not the crappy eighties yeah. music. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, all the people are crappy eighties music.
1: There really was a, an arrogance with British teenagers and young people in the eighties that that we have the best music and we have the best bands. And I remember coming to the states for the first time in nineteen ninety, and and this is pre Nirvana when that stuff was still oh, yeah, the main yeah. American rock music, and just been so turned off by it you know so it's i I don't know it's uh it's it's different different stuff you know and and you have different perspectives on it depending where where you come from you know i I see the alarm getting uh you know they get collected in with some other bands for the 80s and collections that i would never associate them with you know and you listen to the alarm you listen to the alarm on spotify so maybe you will like Duran Duran. Oh, I love and Spotify like, what recommendations. What are you talking <laughs> about? So, so I mean, it's you know because <laughs> as if you know nothing about music. Yeah, yeah. Spotify, <laughs> but, at, but at the time, realize. it seemed like a very different thing to me. So yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's just the fact that they're from the '80s and they're on MTV, so right, you might right. like them exactly,
1: exactly.
0: All right. Well, um, we'll link to all the uh, things we talked about and uh, on the show today, Freegal and, and Mike Peters' website and all that fun stuff. And yeah. uh, and thanks for joining us. Maybe we'll have you back for a two discussion or a big country discussion. That'd
1: be awesome. Thanks for having me on. This was fun.
0: All right. Oh! Uh-huh. Okay, that was fun, right? All right. You know, the only reason I go to church as much as I do is to hear that guy talk. And that's not even my joke. Uh, that Another youth leader said that once uh, in one of our meetings, but uh, it applies. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed learning about The Alarm and about Scottish music and uh, the UK in general. If you enjoyed that, go back and listen to episode 139. Your favorite band to Fesh Mode with TV writer and podcaster Caleb Bacon. And then just cherry pick through our whole catalog if you're just joining us uh, for your favorite band. We usually talk to comedians, we do some dumb bits, do some fake news. You have a lot of fun here on PS Tape Recorder. Believe me. I'm going to forego the usual credits. You can go back and listen to those on a previous episode because uh, this ran a little longer than I thought it was going to, but that's always cool. So we're going to leave you here with a song by the Alarm from their Eye of the Hurricane LP. And uh, we mentioned this uh, in the conversation, but uh, didn't play it. It's a really it's a real rollicker. It's called Rescue Me, and we're going to play out on that here on PF Tape Recorder. As I say so long, and thanks for listening.
2: Running from a chain gang come you, grant me absolution, running